Who is God? What does God want for your life? Does God actually want the best for you? Or is he like some cosmic space ghost waiting to toss you into a fiery, never-ending swimming pool uh, if you have stuff up? Those are real questions about the perspectives that people have about God. And on today's quick Bible Study Live, we're going to actually dig into um, our perspective of God and our perspectives regarding our lives. Let's get started. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Bible Study Live with Matt. I'm Matt, and today we're going to talk about God. Shocker, because that's what Bible Study Live is about, right? We're going to talk about God. Um, but here's the deal. Uh, today, there was a cool verse of the day on the uh, the YouVersion Bible app. I don't know if you use the YouVersion Bible app, but it's a pretty doggone good one. And um, the verse is out of the message, and it is Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, and it says this, You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind, and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. A lot of people do not see God as somebody who's looking to bless them. Oftentimes, people see God as somebody who's looking for reasons to punish them, looking for reasons to, to send them to hell. A lot of people are like, you know, looking, think, they think that God is, is desiring to find flaw in them. And um, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I've been that guy. There were times in my life where I felt the same way. And then a lot of times we think, well, People in church, a lot of times the reason we think God is like that is because we meet people who call themselves Christian or who are Christian, but I mean, we we forget they're human beings and that they're imperfect too. And so sometimes we meet Christians who, who they're looking for the flaws in everybody. They're looking for the flaws in us. And so we think that God is the same way. So today, and it has to be short because I've got a meeting to jump on in 24 minutes. I'm going to go through and I'm going to share two perspectives, one from Jesus and one from Paul. And I want to help you understand the importance of perspective. Because how we view God determines how we relate to God. My man Clinton Bramlett said, seen often as the mean kid sitting with a magnifying glass. Bro, I love it. it and it's true, right? A lot of times God is like, we think God is like that kid on the playground with a magnifying glass who burns bugs as though he is looking to do the same to you and me. And he's not. But just like with people, right? If if I have a certain perspective about somebody, have you ever met somebody and, and like other people? Um, well, have you ever met somebody like for the first time and you're like, wow, they're such a great person. And then later somebody's like, oh, well, they're not. Let me tell you why. And you're like, okay, maybe, maybe your experience is different than mine, right? But you've had a good experience with them. Or have you ever um, had people tell you about a person and they're like, oh, let me tell you, be careful around this person because this person, man, they want to take advantage of you. They want to do these bad things. So you walk into a relationship with that perspective. We've all done it, right? Well, here's the thing. God, who created humanity to have a relationship with him, the creator of the universe wants a relationship with you. But sometimes you meet people like me who say, hey, I'm a Christ follower, and we do dumb stuff, or we act like buttholes, or we say stupid things, and all of a sudden you go into a relationship with God with the perspective that God is like, Matt and Matt's a jerk or, uh, you know, uh, this person who says they're Christian is so judgmental. So that must mean God is judgmental. 
And we walk into a relationship with a tainted view, and then it taints the way we relate to God. Just like it taints the way we relate to people when we go into a relationship with a certain perspective about them. So let's take a look at what Jesus said, because Jesus being the Son of God, right? Jesus, part of the Godhead, God's family, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus put on skin. Hey, Debbie, good to see you. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, Jesus put on skin, came down to earth and said, hey, I'm going to walk through all the crap they walked through. Uh, I'm going to go through it all. And then I'm going to give my life for them because I'm going to rescue them out of the fire. Uh, and I'm going to show them the way home later, right? But before showing them the way home, I'm going to show them the way to bring a little of heaven to earth. And so today we're going to talk about Jesus' perspective as it relates to God and how we can adopt that into our own lives. And then we'll look at a little wisdom from Paul too. And then I got to jump back on conference calls. So here we go. So I don't get too long winded. Matthew chapter five says this, and I'm reading from the message translation, whole goal of Bible study live to create some conversation without condemnation. We're not going to agree on everything, but we're also not going to argue about it. So here we go. I'm reading from the message, whatever you're reading from NLT, NIV, all good ones. Uh, here we go. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, by the way, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. He climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at the quiet place, he sat down and he taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. What? Yes, you're blessed when you're at the end of the rope. With less of you, there's more of God in his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what's most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care at the moment your care full, you'll find yourselves cared for. Mm. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. Whew. I'm going to stop on that one. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. So then, 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 right? That comes first. Then you can see God in the outside world. We look around us and we think, oh my gosh, there's nothing good in the world right now. And it feels like that, doesn't it? A lot of times there's so much garbage going on. It can feel like this, this life sucks. Like, why am I even living it? But oftentimes we have that perspective because we don't realize that in spite of what's going on in this world, God's plan is still coming together just like he planned. And his plan is for redemption. His plan is for restoration. The scriptures tell us it's not God's will that any should perish. So does God get what he wants? God always gets what he wants. See, people take different perspectives when they look at the scriptures. And sometimes people get mad because they're like, but you don't talk about hell. and Because I don't get to make the decision on hell for people. So why would I focus on that? It's not my decision. But I do know this. We have a clear pathway to heaven. 
We have something clear in the scriptures that tells us what Jesus' mission was, which was to rescue all of humanity. As it says in Romans, right? If through one man, Adam's sin could taint the whole world, how much better, how much more powerful is the grace brought through Jesus, right? Pretty magical stuff. But I love this because when Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, when he says, you're blessed with your inside world, your mind and your heart put right, then you can see God in the outside world. To me, when I read this scripture, what I'm seeing here is this. How we choose to view the life that God has given us will determine the life we experience, right? If I choose to go through life thinking, God doesn't want me to have a good life. What did I do that God is always punishing me? Why is it that so-and-so has such a good life and mine is so hard? If I choose to walk through life thinking that God doesn't want the best for me, I'm going to, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm going to live a life expecting the worst out of God. And the crazy thing is God is good. All good things come from God. God wants the best for you. God wants you to have the best, most abundant life ever. John chapter 10 says this, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus goes, but I come to give life, abundant life. That What does abundance mean? Some people, the name it and claim it crowd are like, oh, that means this. No, it doesn't. That could be part of it for some people. But what it really means is a life of abundance, a life of full of what God has in store for you. God's plan for your life is the best. Jesus said, I come to show you the plan God has for your life, the very best plan so that you can live the best life that God has for you. See, but the challenge is what? He came so we could have abundant life, but we could choose not to accept an abundant life. I can choose to say, "Mm -mm, I don't want God's plan. I'm going to go my way. But then isn't it funny how All of our lives, when we choose to go our way, we choose our plan. And then when things go wrong, we go, oh, God, why me? Oh, God, why why are you punishing me? God's not punishing you. And he's not punishing me. When I choose to walk my plan, I get the outcome from my plan. But it's funny how I don't want to own the outcome from my plan when I make bad choices. See, God loves you. And he wants the best for you. But we've got to make him a priority. We've got to understand. We've got to start with the perspective that the creator of the universe, in the beginning, God said, he said, in the beginning of the story, God goes, hey, let's create, let's create, let's, let's create humans in our likeness. Let's make him male and female. What's God's likeness? He's a creator, a forgiver, a redeemer, a restorer, a lover. He's a multiplier. He's a blesser. After he created, after he created, it says then God blessed them. When God created humanity, it says he blessed them. He said, be fruitful and multiply. God created and blessed. God loves you. God wants the best for you in your life. But are you starting your story with God with that belief and that expectation that God loves you and wants your life to be the best thing possible? We've got to start with, we, we all start with a set of beliefs. And the beautiful thing is we can choose what those are. But oftentimes our experience with people and the wounds and the pain and the hurt that we have from other people, we project onto God. Well, this person said they were a Christian. 
but they sexually abuse someone. So God's not good. That's stupid. That's like me saying a uh, person on the left robbed somebody, so person on the right is uh, a thief. No. See, we're basing who we think God is based on how other people behave instead of looking at God for his word. You know, I've done some stupid stuff in my life and people have judged me for it as they rightly should have because I've, I've been a buffoon. I've been a jerk. I've been a womanizer. I've been uh, greedy, selfish. I've been all those things. And the people that go, the people that knew me in that space of life and if, that only knew me in that space of life, if they were to think that now, rightly so, because that's how I was when they encountered me. So their impression of me was accurate when they knew me, right? But hopefully if they if they encountered me now, they'd go, wow, why did your life change so much? What what made you what made you stop being a, a greedy, womanizing, money hungry turd of a human? Like I would hope that they would go, wow, dude. You're not who I expected you to be now. I would hope that. We base our perspective. I, I would hope that if somebody met me for the first time today, their perspective of who I am would be on who they encountered today. I would hope they would take me at my word to say, this is who I am and, and this is what I want for, for our relationship. That's what I would hope for. And see, God wants you to take him at his word. He just wants you to base your impression on him. On how we act. Now, the reality is, uh, I love this quote uh, from this just absolute modern day theologian, <laughs> Christian rapper, Andy, Andy Mineo, Mineo, however you say his name, Andy Mineo. He said this He said, Your Bible may be the only, or your life, your life may be the only Bible someone reads. Think about that, Christian. See, people are going to base their opinion of God on us. Now that's one for the Christians. Like we we have to try to live this life in a way that honors God. We do. Oh, thank you, Debbie. We have to live a life. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you got to try and look like him, man. I'm like I'm trying. I can't ever grow that beautiful hair that I'm sure he had. But uh <laughs> I'm joking by the way, sort of. Not really. I can't grow it. But here's the deal. We got to try and look like him. But if you're somebody who says, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Can I just share another scripture with you? So here's the thing. First thing, we got to get our perspective right. We got to say, I'm going to start by choosing to believe that God wants me, wants to have a relationship with me and wants the best for me. I'm going to choose to believe that right now. No matter how imperfect your relationship with God has been uh, up until now, you can choose. To say, starting today, I am going to choose to believe God wants the best for me. That God's got a plan for me, and his plan is for good, not evil. It is for me to prosper. If God is for me, who can be against me? I am choosing to believe God is walking with me, and I'm going to walk with him into that life of abundance, into that life of knowing his love, his mercy, his grace, and his peace. I'm going to choose to believe that, that that's what God wants for me. That's step one. Now, let's look at something Paul said in his letter to the Roman church. So here's what I want you to do. Note these words. Write these down, friends. God helping you. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Pause. In order for God to help you, the first thing you got to do is say, I'm going to accept your help, God. 
If we want God helping us, then we got to say, I want you. Okay? Just keep that in mind. He's writing to the church in Rome. The church being the people that said, I'm committed. I want to follow Jesus. And here's what he says. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, place it before God as an offering. What does that mean, friends? What does that mean, friends? It means every part of your life is an offering to God. The way I interact with people on a web meeting, that's an offering to God. The way I consume food, right? Am I making choices to honor my body? I don't always do that. That's how come I got to be such a big fatty and I've lost 55, 60 pounds, but I'm still not making the best choices eating, right? Convicting myself actually as I'm reading this, it's like convicting to me. It's like, okay, am I honoring God in that area? Not necessarily. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a snack every now and then, but look, if we're obese, are we honoring God with our body, with our life choices, our body? The answer is no. If I'm fat and out of shape and winded and I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not placing that part of my life before God as an offering. How can God use me at my fullest if I'm unhealthy? Just a thing to think about. Now, next thing, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Wait, what, Paul? If I embrace what God does for me, that's the best thing I can do for him? It doesn't say doing everything to to pay him back for your salvation. It doesn't say doing stuff to earn your righteousness and your sanctification. It doesn't say any of that. Do you know what it does say? Here, I'll show you. It says embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't be so, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. This right now, I love Love, love people. I don't care, man. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care where you grew up. I don't care if you're if you're straight or gay. I love you. That doesn't mean I'm going to embrace your lifestyle choices. I'm not going to go again. I'm not going to dishonor God to make you feel good. But I'm going to love you either way. But if you ask me, well, what do you think about this? I'm going to tell you, okay, well, what I think doesn't matter. What I think is that God's never wrong. Fact, right? But... Out of, the, out of the desire to be loving sometimes as Christians, we, we, we shift, we, we try and say like, well, the culture says this is loving, so that's loving. Well, no, the culture's not more right than God. I'm going to just use me as an example, okay? I was living a life that was not healthy. I was drinking five days a week. I was hooking up with random people. I was being an idiot. And you know what I needed in my life? Somebody to love me enough to say, dude, why are you drinking so much? And why are you hooking up with random people? Like, this is a horrible life choice. I'm not, I'm not saying it to make you feel like crap. I'm saying it because I want to see you live a good life. And, and, and in order to do that, I just, I love you. Take a look in the mirror, Matt. Just take a look in the mirror, dude. Do you really like what you see? See, if we love people, we love them enough to be honest with them when they ask. Now, that doesn't mean, like, at my fattest, if somebody fit would have walked up and been like, bro, you know, eating that much, you're going to end up with diabetes. You're a big fatty. I wouldn't have embraced that. I would have been like, who are you? And why are you, like, why are you coming at me like that? But if a close friend said, hey, I'm worried about you, dude. 
Like you've gained 60 pounds over the 70 pounds over the last five years. I, I'm worried about your health. I love you. You've got so much to offer, but I'm afraid you're not going to live long enough to offer it. If you keep going down this path, that would matter to me. It would, it, it would, it would speak to my soul. So as Paul is saying this to the church in Rome, when he says, look, take your everyday ordinary, everything you do, he's basically saying, commit your entire life to embracing what God has for you because that's the best thing you could do for him. And then he says, don't become so well-adjusted to culture that you fit in without even thinking instead. And then he gives an option instead, fix your attention on God. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings out the best in you, develops well, formed maturity in you. and herein lies the perspective shift see we think oftentimes that culture is just trying to evolve humanity to make it function better in a more modern age look at culture just wants just wants you to be a better you right uh we don't we don't want to say that somebody's unhealthy because we say oh you're fat shaming them I'm not fat shaming somebody to say they're not healthy i was fat i'm still fat i'm just not as fat but to acknowledge the fact that I'm overweight and I need to make healthier choices isn't fat shaming myself. It's acknowledging that my body was built to function at its best. If you buy a brand new Ferrari, okay, it comes with a manual for how to maintain it. And if, if, it, if it's supposed to run in premium and let it gas and you put diesel in the tank, it ain't going to run right. If you put oil in the gas tank and gas in the engine, it's not going to run the best way it could. Because you're not, you're not maintaining it the way it's supposed to be maintained. My body wasn't meant for me to eat a whole bunch of junk food. Neither was yours. And you know how we know that? Because when we do it, we lose energy. We sleep like garbage. We end up with diseases and we get fat. Like I got fat and hungry. Just a fact, right? That's just real life. But culture says, oh no, your feelings matter more than your health. No, they don't. No, they don't. Your feelings matter. My feelings matter. But I can tell you this, as I've gotten healthier, I feel better and I feel better about myself. Someone telling me it's okay that you're fat doesn't actually make me feel better about myself. It makes me feel better for a second to go, oh, I'm glad you love me the way I am. You should love me the way I am. But if you truly love me, you also want me to be the best me I can be, right? So if I've got a 52 waist and I'm like hungry, hungry hippo, open up and there it goes, man, I'm I don't feel good about myself, no matter what culture says, no matter how many fat dudes you put on the cover of muscle and fitness, or no matter how many heavy girls you put on the cover of Vogue, that is not going to make me feel better about the fact that I know I am not healthy and I'm probably going to die younger. I get on the weight thing because I don't want you, I'm, I'm not specifically trying to convict you for whatever it is that, that you know you need to focus on. I'm just trying to own like the things that I've struggled with and I'm just publicly sharing that with you to make the point of this. Our perspective shifts based on culture saying what's good and bad, and it shouldn't. It should be focused on what God says. I'm going to end with this. God loves you. You're created for way more than probably what you're living now. So make the choice to embrace the person that God has said you are because you're wonderful, you're beautiful, and you're worth it. And if you look in the mirror, and I don't just mean physically, I mean emotionally, mentally, mentally, spiritually. If you say, why isn't God answering me? Ask yourself this. Why are you not walking with God? You're just one moment away. Today's your day. Make the choice. Love you guys. See you all tomorrow.